This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. The Yattering. Big Duke. A dancing turkey? Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology television show, Tales from the Dark Side, and reporting it back to you. I'm Matt Noss. With me at the table are my favorite people in the whole wide world. It's Mrs. Jenny Hansen and Mr. Matt Rose. Yay! Formal today. Yes. That's Glad just... we dressed up. Yeah, evening wear. Well, we're all in our Christmas sweaters yes. for this very special episode. Very special holiday episode. If this is your first time joining us, thank you so much. Transmissions from the Dark Side does indeed watch Tales from the Dark Side, which is a lot like Black Mirror without a budget. Uh, it is customary around these parts that we guess what this episode is about based on title alone, and today is no exception. And today is no exception. <laughs> we even give you, our faithful listeners, a chance to guess yourselves in what we call the dark side guess. Uh, if you want to participate, we'll tell you all about it when we announce the winner at the end of the show. But until then, who can guess what this episode, The Yattering and Jack, <laughs> is about? Here's, here's what I thought The Yattering and Jack was about. Jack's a hard-boiled detective. The yattering is an ear-splitting sound from outer space. Put these two on the case, and you've got dirty, hairy meat scanners, as the chief literally blows his top. <laughs> nice. I Thank like you. That. That's good. That's a good uh, one. All right. The yattering and Jack. It's Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and the bodies are piling up. <laughs> now, now Dr. John gets drafted by the NOPD to help them track down a reincarnated Jack the Ripper. But can he help stop him before he takes his fifth victim and opens the gates to hell? Ooh. Nice. Oh. I like another police uh, or, or another investigation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just uh, get this one ready. <clears throat> the Yattering and Jack. Watch the Yattering and Jack raise their two kids, Toe Jam and Earl, <laughs> right before their big adventure. Oh, boy. Oh, real cop out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of these guesses were correct, but Jen's going to hit us up with them sweet deeds. The Yattering and Jack is season four, episode seven of Tales from the Dark Side. This episode aired November 8th, 1987. Here is the description from IMDb. Happy-go-lucky salesman Jack Polo receives a Yuletide visit from the three-foot-tall Yattering, a snarling horn demon that wants to claim Jack's soul. Why are they going to say how tall he is? <laughs> Directed by David O'Dell. Uh, David O'Dell wrote uh, The Dark Crystal, wrote Supergirl, wrote Masters of the Universe, and recently wrote, yep. recently uh, writer and director of the episode No Strings. Doof. Uh, Doof. He, his only directing credits are this episode, No Strings, and 1990's Martians Go Home, starring a very unwell-looking Randy Quaid. Oh, man. Is, is Martians Go Home the one with the, with the like tiny aliens that lived in the uh, attic? N- uh, is it? I thought... Or is that... Uh, or no, that that was little little invaders or uh, yeah, something, uh, something spaced like. invaders. No. Maybe maybe it was spaced invaders. I don't know. It. I just remember I that it was like the poster. It was yeah. like PG thirteen. Yep. And what like do we think it was called? Something spaced with invaders or little invaders? or invaders. Uh, this episode was written by Clive Barker, oh. horror uh, horror master Clive Barker. Yeah, master. Eh, well. Uh, to some people, yes. it was space, space invaders. invaders. Space Thank invaders. you, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Clive Barker, uh, creator of Hellraiser, the Hellraiser series, Nightbreed, Candyman, Lord of Illusions, and many other things. Books, movies, uh, all action sorts of figures action that figures that Matt has. <laughs> all sorts of fetishy uh, if you things. Want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to see a salute to uh, 
uh, to Hellraiser, please listen to Matt mm-hmm. Matt Noss's episode of My Neighbors Are Dead, where he portrays Butterball. 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 Wow, what a tie-in! What to a turkey! <laughs> Spoilers. This episode starred Phil Fondacaro as the Yattering. Uh, he is a famous little person actor. He was in Willow. He was in Return of the Jedi. Uh, he was the only Ewok to die on screen. <gasps> oh my God. So that now was you know him? which one he is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, he was in Troll. He was in Ghoulies 2. Uh, Ghoulies 2? Yep. Bordello of Blood, Blood Dolls. Also a substantial run of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Hmm. Anthony Carbone played Jack. Jack was in lots of television and movies, including a bunch of Roger Corman schlock, including mm. A Bucket of Blood, Last oh, Women on Earth, Creature from the Haunted Sea, Pit and the Pendulum, and more. Tom, Noon- Tom Newman, not Tom not Noonan, Noonan, not not Noonan, never Noonan, never Noonan. Uh, played uh, <laughs> Beelzebub. Uh, he was most recently Quentin Carp in All a Clone by the Telephone and about a dozen other TV roles. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, as uh, Jack's daughter, did she ever get a name? She did. Amanda. Amanda, Amanda. yes, Amanda, uh, was played by Danielle Bribois. I'm going to say that's how you pronounce her name. It's like Briss Boise is how it's spelled. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's Bribois or Brisbois. Don't ask me, man. I don't have a uh, Danielle appeared in 23 episodes of All in the Family and 94 episodes of Archie Bunker's Place. Oh, my gosh. uh, As Stephanie Mills, Archie and Edith's nine-year-old niece. Oh, my gosh. She was ranked 50 on VH1's list of 100 Greatest Kids stars, and she has been married to Nick Lachey since 2008. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Guys, man lives in the sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is. Unseen by most. An underworld. It's a place that's just as real. But not as bright as that. It's a dark side. What's a dark side? It's a dark side. (laughs) Open the door to the dark side. The door to the dark side swings open. (laughs) (laughs) Fa la la la, fa la la la. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're in public domain Christmas. Deck the halls with balls of public domain. This is a song about Christmas. Follow something, something, something fast. If we sing it ourselves, it is in the public domain. And then we are in a home. It's Christmas time. A Christmas tree is there. Presents are around. Man. And now we see. A ghost temper tantrum. Yeah, and it looks kind of cool. It it don't it does for okay for this show for, for <laughs> tales for tales it looks kind of cool. Again, I go back to eleven year old me watching this. Yeah, yeah. Where okay, I'm, so I, I they I were able to that. afford fishing line to pull <laughs> this lamp down. I'm getting the thrills and chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it I don't like seeing things move around on their own. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, well, shit is a flying. Yeah. Lamp gets knocked over. Pictures. Mysterious wind is happening. We have a, we have a fish tank that's boiling. Yeah. It's not good. Not good for them fish. Now, all of a sudden, at the door, streaks on the china. (laughs) 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 Oh, he is coming in hot. Everybody in this episode who's mortal comes in singing a Christmas carol. Singing a Christmas Oof. carol to no one in particular. I, I okay, so I, part of me thinks that he that he was doing what I do when I freak myself out mm-hmm. in my own house, and I just start talking out loud i'll do that yeah yeah where it's just like oh i i, I think i'm i think i'm gonna go out to the kitchen and yes i'm just something. going to do laundry right now yeah. in the basement <laughs> if anything is down here yeah i have a gun <laughs> so i think that i save all my scares for my mind <laughs> <laughs> Which is in a constant state of, I'm just going to get murdered. (laughs) Here it comes. 
Um, is that why you're always making that look? <laughs> yep. <laughs> why he looks like he's constantly startled. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Why? why? Knives. Knives. <laughs> I see a knife. I'm like, here it comes. Oh, brother. <laughs> Death's icy grasp. Oh, sweet embrace of the crypt. <laughs> Why? We. I'm in the house. <laughs> Let's keep singing this song. And then he goes by a mirror. Yes. And the mirror immediately breaks. And he goes, huh, must be the foundation settling. And like shrugs. Oof. And then, guys, we get a glimpse. <laughs> we get our first crack. We get our first whisper. Of a little yattering. Of the yattering. Oof. Hey, what did you guys see? I I wrote down Holland Humongous. Paul <laughs> <laughs> from All in Oats. And Lord Humongous from the Road Warrior. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's oh. good. That's real good. Are you saving yours? You think you can No, I can no, I think you might beat it. I don't know. Uh, I have um, very angry Richard Simmons meets tiny Danny Trejo. <laughs> I just love the idea of a very angry because he's red in the face. <laughs> yeah, machete. <laughs> Here's what I've got. He's a, he's the color of Teen Wolf's eyes. And a cross between Dr. Johnny Fever and a guy on the stump in black shampoo. <laughs> Matt and I loved watching black exploitation films. Yeah. There's this movie, Black Samurai, where in the middle of it, there is a 30 minute section. Well, not a 30 minute, but it's at least five minutes where. If it's five, it's 20. Okay. <laughs> Where it um, takes a while, so um, Jim Kelly, who is the star of the movie The Black Samurai, um, he's a secret agent, you see, mm-hmm. and he puts on a jetpack and then flies to this island, sure, takes the jetpack off, gets in a whip fight with a little person on a tree stump, kicks him once, kills him, puts his jetpack on, and then flies away. That's it. That is all the explanation you get. To Good question. To kick a little person on a stump? Matt and I had to rewind that. God, how many times do you think we rewatched that? Oh. We were just rolling on the ground laughing. It was the most ridiculous thing to that point we had ever seen. It was it was more ridiculous than anything in Kentucky Fried Movie. That is how ridiculous this was. And it was played straight. So it's a deep reference. It's a deep. Black Shampoo is a... Black Samurai is a... a Deep Deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. Well, our main man, Jack, goes into the front room where more mayhem and mischief is befalling him. And every single thing that happens is like, huh, raccoons. Yeah, oh. this this guy is explaining every single thing that happens with a non sequitur, right? Like, <clears throat> better shore up that foundation. Yeah. It, oh, this fish are dead. Boiled fish again. I need to uh, need to change that thermostat. It, it there's a, there's a part of this that reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Bart has the power to make whatever he wants happen, mm-hmm. and he lights the curtains on fire. In the kitchen, and Marge goes, oh, good, the curtains are on yes. fire. <laughs> oh, right, when nobody can cross Bart. Yes. Yeah. And so the books fly off the bookshelf, and he goes, I was meaning to reorganize those books, and it was like, which way should I do it? Oh, so, alphabetically by author. So at this point, then, it's like, okay, he knows something is going on, and he's either, you know, we've got like an odd couple situation with a spirit or something, yeah, and he's yeah. just he is just ignoring it, letting it go. This is how I would deal with kids at the psych hospital when I worked there, pretty mm. much, when they would have a freak out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, all right, yes, it's a drawing that says bitch. Okay, is that me? That's my heart with a knife in it? 
All right, we'll use more red next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it is me. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Those are those are stink lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just some flies and some stink lines. There was once a a drawing of a heart with a big uh, a big knife in it and an arrow, and then it said you. <laughs> Poor, yeah, poor little bunny. She didn't, yeah. Anyway. You. Let's not, let's not turn this into a bummer. We're yattering, guys. Guys, the yattering's <laughs> there, but don't worry. His daughter Amanda's at the door, and just like every human we meet, fa la 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 Christmas. So have you ever walked into a house, regardless of time of year, and sing a season-appropriate song? No, if I have, I, I know. it's not I a tradition in the old Nas home. It's not a tradition anywhere, I don't think, but except for maybe on TV shows. Um, I have never ever done that ever, nor would I. If someone walked into my house singing a song, I would probably punch them. Just saying. If I was listening to a song in the car, especially if it was like Jingle Dogs or something, <laughs> I would walk in and I would say to the dogs. Walking into your own house is different than walking into someone oh, else's. Oh, walking into someone else's house. I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. I withdraw. I, well, I, I yeah, withdraw I, my statement. I may have walked into my own house with headphones on and been singing the song I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. Walking into your own house, you can do whatever you want. Walking into someone else's home and singing a song, don't, don't do it, man. I would... Absolutely walk into one of your houses going. Oh, yeah. I would walk into. I would walk into. And doing the robot. I would walk into Matt's house. Motoran. Oh, yeah. Watch your prize for flight. To be fair, if you did it, I probably would punch you. Not hard, but I would still punch you. Right. Um, At the gym, I see sweat. Everybody dance now. Um. They play videos like on some of the on some of the screens, mm-hmm. and they play that. Have you watched that video in the past twenty some years? Uh not since it I is, saw it in a gay bar. It is bananas. Yeah, it is so like nineteen ninety. We hot. work hard. We play hard. It was hot stuff coming through. <laughs> get it, get it. <laughs> that oh god, I love that scene so much. I do too. It's his daughter Amanda at the door, and she is. A wasselin. Yes. Uh, she is a wasselin. He is concerned that she is there. He does not want her there because he he knows, even he if knows he's not admitting up. it, he knows something's going on in this place. As he walks away to get Amanda, we see the yattering eating the couch. Yes. Like, so they, he'll... They've assigned a lot of dog-like yes. tendencies to the yattering. Yeah. We don't know that it's the yattering yet. We no. find that in Act Two, but yeah, we're we're saving Spoiler you. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spoiler <he was> alert! <laughs> this this episode got a yattering. <laughs> um, so he was quick, eating a quick pillow. Heads up. This episode? Yeah, oh, we right. got a yattering. Yeah. Um, he was Yatterans. A- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I can tell. Oh boy! All right, sorry. Go ahead, Maddie. I was just going to say that the yattering was eating a pillow. Yes. He's <gasps> a real pillow biter. Yes. <laughs> Again, Clyde Barker. I don't think that's what that means, but okay. <laughs> Clyde, <laughs> no, a pillow biter is a guy who rips the insides out of a pillow. Oh, Matt. <laughs> we'll talk. I d- right? Okay. Like, because of your butt. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Okay, great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Give me a pillow because my butt. I want to pull my face. He brings Amanda into the room that the Yattering has been doing the most damage in, and mm-hmm. she's like, Dad, something's, something's up with the this fuck. room. The yeah. fuck is going on here? Oh, you know me. I'm clumsy. And he like he goes to put a picture back up and then like 
like a bookshelf falls over like in Ghostbusters. Like it, everything is falling apart. And so she's she catches on pretty quickly. Something's up. And his plan, his plan to distract her is who wants some hot chocolate? Yes. And with that, uh, I believe we're at an act break. Uh, they go into the other room and then the yattering claws the door. And then it goes to the act break. All right. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Here's a real tough machine in action. Here's Tonka's Mighty Roughneck Pickup. With Big Duke at the wheel. A working winch for getting out of trouble. With a jack and changeable wheels. The Roughneck Pickup. The Tonka toy built for the Mighty Roughneck Pickup with Big Duke comes with everything you see here. From Tonka. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. <laughs> Big Duke's at the wheel. Duke in your Tonka. When you got the Big Duke behind the wheel, you got a real machine. It's got a winch. I found that at work today. It just about fell over. <laughs> so delighted. Big Duke. Uh, hey, kids. Yay, Big Duke! Hey, Big Duke says have a big breakfast. Okay, Big Duke, you got it! Big Duke says carb up. (laughs) You got it, Big Duke. Big Duke says Big Duke needs some time in the toity. From 3.30 to 4 every afternoon, don't open that door. You got it, Big Duke. Big Duke. Big Duke's a big man with big stools. <laughs> big dookie stools. Big stools, a dookie made a duke. Duking in the toilet and duking in a tonka. You think Big Duke uses air freshener? Fuck you. We're I'm duking. We're scared, Big Duke. Duking it. Duke it. Duke it, kid. Duke it. I don't know what you Duke want. it. Duke it. Zip, flop, fart, plop. (laughs) Now you're duking it. (laughs) My Tonka. I duked my Tonka. We're all duking a Tonka. (laughs) Oh, guys, when's the last time you duked a Tonka? I I can't anymore without, like, uh, I have to take, I'm not taking enough fiber. What about the last time you duked a Tonka from Dances with Wolves? (laughs) Tatanka. Tatanka. And we're <laughs> Big Duke. Big Duke. Big Duke. We're back. Um, they go, they come out of the kitchen and they look at the door and Amanda's like, there looks like there's a loose animal in here. Yeah. What no, I- no, that that was just the foundation settling again. Dad, I can see claw marks on the door. Hey, I got you a present. Oh, uh, weren't we weren't we drinking hot chocolate? We were drinking hot chocolate, and I got you a present. The gift that every dad gets a daughter, and then qualifies with the jeweler said they're not real, but only an expert can tell. It's a real- oh, Dad, please give me a pearl, pearl necklace. <laughs> this was this a simpler time when that didn't mean ropey jizz. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. No, it wasn't. Okay, great. This is Clive Barker. Yeah. Being like, being like well, and also the the ZZ Top song had come yes. out by that point. So yeah. Okay. Which I loved that song, and I did not know what a pearl necklace was, so I thought it was a real pearl necklace, <laughs> and I was like. This is a great song. She wants a pearl necklace. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. that's okay. That, nothing Give wrong it with to that. Her. Give it to her. <laughs> Just give her a pearl necklace. She's into it. She's a nice lady. She just <laughs> wants to look pretty. But yeah, I mean, she's on her knees, ready for pearl necklace. <laughs> I've seen my mom wearing a pearl necklace. <laughs> my sister had a pearl necklace. 
She wore it at Christmas. <laughs> and it's Christmas time in this episode. Well, let's go there now. Problem solved. <laughs> so we can can we talk about this daddy daughter relationship? For I a would minute? love to. There's something about it that I can't put my finger on, but it's just they're so close. Amanda. Yes, Daddy. Don't worry about it. I got you this gift. Oh, Daddy. It's beautiful. How Clive, can I ever... Clive Barker's on set like, yes. <laughs> yes. How can I ever repay you? I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah, Doreen, you're screwing this up for me. <laughs> They leave because carolers are at the front door. I wrote down carolers from St. Anus. Oh, okay. St. Okay. St. Anne's, great. But once again, every human character that shows up, shows up singing. Yes. Oof. Yeah, that's weird. So. Uh, and this is while they're, while they're uh, attending to the carolers. Uh, the yattering, the yattering hates the singing. He's covering his ears. He's freaking out. He calls for backup. He calls for backup. He Lord calls uh, Lord Beelzebub. <laughs> Smoke. Red light. Uh, okay, who did you guys think he looked like? I thought he looked like John Goodman fronting Judas Priest. Oh, that's a good one. I wrote S and M Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I wrote goth Nixon with a shoe polish streaked beard. <laughs> You're the man now, Yatterine. <laughs> so, he looks bad. Yeah, he's not a he's not a great uh, Beelzebub. He kind of looks like the Flash Gordon villain, yes. Old Ming the Merciless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a little Ming. Um. So it it comes out that the Yattering has been sent there to get this guy's soul. Yes. That's what this whole thing's about. And um, the Yattering is having no success. Right. Because he's got to um, he's got to get the guy to admit that evil exists and question good. That'll make him question his faith. Uh, that'll make him feel some self-pity. And then finally he'll curse God. And that's when that's when the Yattering can can take his soul. Right. And so the Yattering's like, it's impossible, it's impossible. And Beelzebub says, he's not a saint, he's a pickle salesman. Oh, I thought it was nickel salesman. Oh. I like I like pickle better. Oh, I hope he was a pickle salesman. Can we just, let's just settle on pickle Let's salesman. just settle on pickle. I mean, he's living high on that pickle money. Dad? Yeah? Can you teach me how to be a pickle salesman? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to put your hand in this bucket. <laughs> but it's so wet and full of pickles. Grab one that feels right. Even the, even the music's done with this bit. <laughs> Uh, the Yattering has pulled all sorts of shenanigans, like making his wife cheat on him and microwaving his cat. Real gross there. Beelzebub's like, hey, figure it out, Yattering. And the Yattering's like, can I touch him? Just let me touch him once. It's like, dude, you know the rules, bro. You can't touch him or you'll be his slave. Yeah, it was uh, in the Treaty of Job. Thou shall not touch. Come on! <laughs> Just once. Uh, Beelzebub kind of sounds like um, Dr. Claw's brother from, <laughs> from <Yeah>. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> like a real... So no touching for the Yattering. Now we cut to the choir. <laughs> okay. The choir humming, oh, not singing boy. anymore. Oof. This is a real who's who. So, <laughs> oh boy, he really is. Did you have a description for I this choir? Did. I said, I did. Uh, cut to the choir, and it's the daughters of the American Revolution here to talk about tampons. <laughs> <laughs> that woman up front looks oh, like she's just like... The, the one with the scarf? Yes. Yeah. The one who yeah. gets a collection later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she definitely looked like the ringleader and also uh, insufferable. Yes. <laughs> like... You're pitchy, Mary. <laughs> 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 the, 
Matt, did you have a description? I sure did. Uh, it looked like 30 Helens agreed. That was the other thing I almost called it. Yeah. Silent Night is best hummed. <laughs> Uh, mine was the family, friends, and random crew choir. <laughs> you know what we should do this Christmas? Let's just grab some people and go caroling in our sub. Well, that would be great. Look, the handyman is over there, and the woman who does my nails, and what is what is she, Mexican? Come on. Here we go, a wassailing. <laughs> <laughs> Wassailing and something in public domain. And, and silent night, and the night is so night, and nights are silent, and they're all so bummed. Ten and bomb. And Christmas trees. Uh, the 30 Helens leave and they go back into the house. And they play, What's that smell? What's that smell? <laughs> Dookie? Yeah, that's what I was Big Duke. Big Duke. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the drains. I'll have a plumber in. He picks up a bag of groceries. We never talked about his bag of groceries also, that he had the uh, the the same celery sticking out of the top of the bag. He had celery and eggs sticking out of the top of the bag, like mm-hmm. in, uh, I don't remember what the episode was that we had groceries, but any episode that has groceries, you get one bag of groceries and you get celery sticking out of the top. Celery, maybe a baguette. Oh, May- oh, oh yes, maybe yeah, a baguette. baguette. I'll also accept a baguette. Classic grocery shop. Yeah. <laughs> a staple. You gotta get the staples. You gotta get them staples. A baguette, the most useless bread. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a sandwich on a baguette? I mm. have. You know what's great with it? Loose celery. <laughs> Unbagged celery. Just imagine you just slice a baguette in half, open that bad boy up, put some stalks of celery on it, close it. You're a vegetarian now. (laughs) Eat it on the toilet, thinking about where you failed. (laughs) Eat it on the toilet, crying. (laughs) Pretend it's a trombone, make a sad sound. (laughs) Well, this is my life now. Big Duke. Big Duke. Big sandwich means Big Duke. All of a sudden, he picks up this bag of groceries, and it is shaking in his hands. Yes. He's doing a real madcap mayhem type move. Yeah. He's and really you, you Buster Keaton like, it, it up. Yeah, the Beaker is there, yeah. And he's talked about making a turkey dinner. He bought a turkey for Christmas. And we're like, oh, shit, you know what's in that bag. You know it's a turkey. It's It's a a young Tom turkey. It's a butterball. You know what that turkey's wearing? It's wearing a pearl necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Not even the same pearl necklace he gave to his daughter. No. No. A single strand pearl necklace and it's like an old school turkey i will give them like huge props for using what appears to be an actual turkey and not just like a little turkey puppet yeah um because it looked gross and i like that the neck was still on it yeah 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 like i wanted to shake giblets out i mean it was that (laughs) the turkey i really i really liked like it was silly but it also had like a dead alive uh it definitely did feel Especially when it jumped on top of the tree. Yeah. And it was like kind of dancing around. Like yeah. that yeah. This was a point in the episode where I was like, okay, and I guess we'll talk about it in the writer's room more. But tonally, I didn't at this point. Was it's that like, supposed to be scary or hilarious? Right. It's uh, I don't know how you could have gotten anything other than hilarious. Uh, than yeah. I mean I enjoyed it because it was very much like Dead Alive and Evil Dead mm-hmm. 2. Um, but I can understand how someone who is not a fan of those kinds of movies would have been like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm a fan of those movies, but I wasn't set up for that. I, I think maybe in, those, I was. in those movies, the the 
turkey or, or, or whatever object it is, is trying to kill you or yeah. trying to do something or is stabbing or being bloody or something. And that makes it scary right. when those things come to life. But this was just like a turkey doing a hula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was um And in an pearls, that's not threatening. No, not at all. Uh it was it was an interesting choice. Yeah. And uh with that, I believe that's the act break. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Remember, Harry, it's Marion's first holiday turkey, not a word if it's dry. It's her first turkey. It won't be juicy. What they don't know is Marion's first turkey is America's first turkey, Butterball. It's always juicy because it's specially deep-basted, so every slice is moist and tender. Mmm, juicy turkey, Marion. I knew it would be. After all, it's Butterball, also available fresh. We are Beatrice. Oh, remember Beatrice? Beatrice Butterball? Yes. I do, I do not remember Beatrice. Beatrice was like... Um, What's the Argo Connor Con? Oh, Conagra. Yeah, they were one of those types of companies. Oh, um, but they were like mo- mostly in the eighties. Huh, I don't remember that at they all. They probably either became something or were bought out by Conagra. My name is Beatrice Butterball. <laughs> I believe you have my turkey, Beatrice. I have some terrible news. Yes, is it about my family? I can't find my children anywhere. We ate your your family. My daughter, Barbara, Barbara Butterball. <laughs> Is it because she was deep basted? Yes. Yes. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> she was delicious. Barbara. She was very. <laughs> she was very now uh, I have a question for you. All right. Do you want a pearl necklace? No. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> Get in here. Ah. Beatrice Foods was a major food processing company in 1987. Its smaller international food operations were sold to Reginald Lewis. Um, Reginald Lewis. A corporate attorney creating TLC Beatrix International. TLC. After which the majority of its domestic U.S. brands were assets. Uh, they were acquired by Kohlberg Craven Roberts, KKR, with the bulk of its holdings sold off. By 1990, the remaining operations were ultimately acquired by... ConAgra. 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 All right. There it is. That is the partnership of Conair and Agriculture, right? Right. The movie Conair? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is him trying to see his daughter. Yep. And the other part is waiting for food to grow. (laughs) Come on. Grow. I got to see my daughter. (laughs) That's a really convincing southern accent yeah. to me. <laughs> and we're back. Yes, we are. So the dad immediately apologizes. This is my fault. I should have gotten a frozen turkey. Yeah, and she's like, what the hell? There, uh, He's like, there's definitely a natural explanation for this. He's very, we didn't really talk about him so much, but he's very like uh, faux Darren McGavin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. He, I can see it. I okay. can see it. He, he kind of has a little freak out here mm-hmm. because Amanda's really pressing him, and it's like, Dad, cut the sheep dip. What is going on? And he's like, Look, I know it's weird, but we don't believe in no boogeymen. Mm-hmm. Maybe, well, and he he had given the excuse that maybe it was uh, maybe it was old Saint Nick playing a playing a prank. Maybe maybe he got Halloween and Christmas mixed up. Mm-hmm. All I know is I'm Jack Polo and I'm fifty, <laughs> and I don't believe in no hocus pocus. We'll have to live with it. K Sarah. That's what I always say. I always say K Sarah. They. Seem to make amends, mm-hmm. but then the yattering really pours it on. He does, and it starts to kind of head towards Amanda, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jack. Yeah, he starts throwing presents at her and stuff, and that's that's when Jack loses his shit. Right, no more daughter. Yeah, he he goes he goes. <laughs> Not a finger. <laughs> Not a finger. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a, I wrote down it's a psychobilly freak out. <laughs> it is. Yes. The Yatterings throwing presents. Uh, they decide they're going to go for a walk. They got to get out of here. They got to yeah. get some fresh air. And the so they go around the corner, and the yattering starts eating a package. <laughs> Again, doing stuff that a pet would do. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like this is all stuff a naughty puppy does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the stuff of demons. Like, yeah, yeah. I would not expect a demon to eat a package. Uh, now hmm. we should say that this uh, is. Uh, sorry. Now, we should say, um, this is based on a Clive Barker story. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Um, and I think there's probably a lot more information about the Yattering. A uh, friend of the show and friend of mine, Amanda Pallet, uh, said it uh, knows a lot about Clive Barker. She wrote me a little bit about the episode, said the interesting thing about the demon, the Yattering, is that it's definitely a good early representation of how Clive Barker views demons, complex emotional creatures who aren't just faceless, frightening entities. They have jobs and hierarchy and politics, and for some reason, that makes them scarier because you know they have something to lose. Yattering is also a lot like Dobby, too. Just sort of a painful and comical and annoying, and you imagine hell must really suck to have all these little assholes running around all the time. Um, so it seems like the story has gives more. him a little more complexity rather than just being a dog. Interesting. It, was, it was not conveyed in the episode, though. Um, I mean... <laughs> How many things does he eat in this in this episode? The pillow, or or just like yeah, I mean like he eats the pillow and the packages, he, the package, and he's just like he's causing minor cosmetic damage. Well, at this point when he's eating the package, Beelzebub shows back up, and the Yattering thinks he has it in the bag. Mm-hmm. He's like, this guy is about to break. And Beelzebub goes, uh, no. He's about to go make up with his wife. Yeah, you need to stop him before he leaves the house. And the Yattering's like, what? They head to the front door. The Yattering locks the top lock while uh, Jack tries to unlock the bottom locks. It's a real comedy of errors. Yeah, it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. It, It takes maybe three times before Jack's like, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Amanda, why don't you go to the back door and just try to get out there? And so then the Yattering's like, uh, 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 I'll, I'll go stop her at the back door. Because, then, because he was apparently going after her soul the whole time. And then <laughs> 10 seconds later, Jack opens the door and is like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. So he starts to take a step out. And the yattering grabs, grabs him. him. And then this episode takes, takes a weird, weird turn. turn. And now all of a sudden, Jack can see the yattering. Mm-hmm. And he sees that he's wearing a leather collar with the, the ring mm-hmm. to be led around. An S&M collar. I don't, mm-hmm. It's like a dog collar. This part, I did not like at all. Um, I'm not into... Uh, that type of degradation, mm-hmm. degradation. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, and well, it's it, slavery. Yeah, it's putting. Uh, it felt real gross. Yeah. And Jack is all about it. Mm-hmm. Like the second he touched him, is like, uh, finally, you're I mine. To, I get to put this erect penis somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if we're meant to be like, yay, hooray for Jack. He's outsmarted the yattering. Or or Uh-oh. oh shit, that yattering gonna get fucked. Yeah. Like, because he takes a tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Oh, he totally does. Where in the whole episode, he just kind of has a a, a, a oh, gosh golly K- gee, Kesarasra, right type thing. And now it's just like he's he's leading him around by the collar, kind of pushes him into the couch, and he was just like, "So, uh, Amanda, this is the yattering. He's a demon." Um, because he touched me, I now own him. He is now my slave, and he has to do my bidding. And the yattering's like, but, 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 but. 
Oh, they didn't tell you why they wanted my soul? Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, my mom was a witch. Grandma? Oh, I guess that's all we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, what the hell was that? And then um, it's them canoodling and laughing at the uh, yattering. And then <laughs> he goes, what? To the yattering. And the yattering goes, que sera, sera. And then it's like them Eskimo kissing and fucking the yattering end of the episode. Yeah, it's kind of gross. It was gross. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't like, like that. It. Yeah. No. Like no. It. That that episode. I would have been okay if they just outsmarted him, and yeah. then the yattering had to go take his place in hell or something. Like, if they would have hugged that they beat the yattering, I would have right. been fine. This was canoodling. This was this, this was weird. This was a really weird. Oh, that was yeah. It was weird. Father daughter canoodling. I'm I'm talking about the 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 way things ended up with the yattering. The the odd slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Beelzebub did warn him. About the slavery, but I thought it meant he was going to be a slave in hell. That's right. what I thought too. Me too. Not to Jack, right? Because I mean, w- when you when you think of hell, like slavery is really not that outside of what you would expect from mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. Not from the protagonist of the story, right? Let's go to the writers' room. Clive Barker, my friend, you wrote this teleplay. Yeah. Mm. I, I was surprised at how throwaway the my mother was a witch line was. Yeah, yeah. It had no impact. Yeah. Other than, what? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, okay, I went on the leap with the demons. I went on the leap with the devil showing up. Yeah. It isn't impossible to posit that witches exist in this world. Mm-hmm. But at this point, why? What do you gain by finding out in the last minute that his mother was a witch? Nothing. And that he's aware that the yattering is a thing and that he's been trying to get his soul this whole time. You get nothing. So why reveal it? They already brought up Job. Yeah. The whole thing with Job is they just picked him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like a grand scheme behind picking Job. Yeah, I mean, it was it was God and the devil arguing about the goodness of humanity, and and the devil's like, all right, how about that guy? And God's like, all right, I'll ta- I'll take that bet, I'll win. With this, it it was determined prior. Oh well, this person's mother's a witch, and we want his soul. So reading about the story. Um, the Yattering is a minor demon that was sent to haunt Jack Polo, a gherkin importer. Very <gasps> exciting. It oh, really was, was a pickle, pickle salesman. salesman. Okay. Because Jack's mother defaulted on a deal with the demon Beelzebub. Oh. Jack's mother recanted on her nefarious deal to deliver his to deliver her soul along with Jack's and died in the arms of a priest. By doing so, Jack's mother ensured that her soul would go to heaven and incurred the wrath of Satan's minions upon her son. Barker is normally very feminist in his writing. His female characters often have agency and are not always conventionally attractive. That being said, in The Yattering and Jack, Barker relies on the trope that it is a betrayal of woman, in this case Jack's mother, that causes the main male character misfortune. Hmm. Hmm. There could have been more of that in this. That that whole thing is more interesting than this episode. Yeah. Yeah. The and that and and so this is saying that uh, the yattering is getting more and more frustrated that Jack uh, refuses to acknowledge him. "Quote: It was deeply embarrassing, and it was gradually destroying the demon's self confidence. Seeing this bland victim survive every trail and trick attempted upon him, the yattering wept, the yattering screamed in a fit of uncontrollable anguish. It boiled the water in the aquarium, poaching the guppies. Polo heard nothing, saw nothing. All right, yeah." Um- so everything's there. Yeah. But tonally, this episode couldn't pull it off. I don't think so. No. Um, because they should have gone for straight frights. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got the dancing turkey, which is really kind of... Yeah. And we got the weird father-daughter relationship. Yeah. I didn't... And then we got the real left turn. She was a witch at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't balanced. It just... I, I mean, two more, like another sentence that like my mother was a witch and she made a promise and she broke a pact with the devil. That's really all you had to say. 
Yeah, it could have been fixed in a I sentence. think, you know, it still would have had its problems, but I think at least that portion of it would have thrown me. I, I think that it still would have been a bit rushed, but yeah, if you, have, if you would have yeah. expanded on it a little bit, mm-hmm. at least it would have made more sense why you were divulging this instead of just throwing it out there that she was a witch. Mm-hmm. Jen, give us a scale. Uh, scale of one to ten, public domain Christmas songs. Five. Yeah, four and a half. Okay, I'm going to give it a five and a half. It's all right. Uh, I think it's the weakest of the Christmas episodes. I agree. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't hold a candle to uh, Seasons of Belief. Seasons no. of Belief, yeah. Congratulations to Ryan Carpenter for the second week in a row with his guests. As a kid, Jack Jackson Jack was always told he wasn't responsible enough to own a pet, but yearn he did for a pet he could call his very own. Amazingly, his dream came true as an adult, thanks to copious amounts of mysterious wind, thunder, and just a smattering of literal raining of cats and dogs. Stitching the mass of half-dead animals together, Jack made the best of his Frankenstein bat schooling and gave his new creation a semblance of life. The creature, whom Jack names Yattering due to its inhuman noises, found itself completely loyal to Jack and was his bestest friend forever, until it began eating and or killing anyone and anything that upset Jack, which in turn has made Yattering harder to control, replacing the carpets now the least of Jack's problems. Can Jack put down his beloved pet, or will the entire neighborhood go to hell in a handbasket? We will get that gift card to you if you would like to participate in the Dark Side Guess. All you need to do is be following us on Facebook at T from the Dark Side. Facebook.com slash T from the Dark Side. We're also T from the Dark Side on Instagram and TFTDS Pod on Twitter. Um, if you like the show, please share it on all of your social media. Give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you had to listen to this in a format you didn't want to, let us know and we'll see if we can get on the one you like. Yeah. It's just that easy. Um, guys, did I forget anything? Try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. There you go. Bye. Bye. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTBS Pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.